Welcome to another episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon with your hosts, Mistresses Mia and Honey. Today we have our friend, Dave. Yes, that's in quotations, because yes, that's not his real name. Dave is a friend of ours. What, we've known you for how long now, Dave? Uh, about a year. About a year. And how many times have you come to see us? Uh, you know, if it's not once a month or bi-monthly, some months it was, uh, some months it was twice a week. <laughs> so, you can't on your knees, you better start right? telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's never been a dull time when I see y'all, ever. Mm. Well, what made you seek out a dungeon and dominatrix? Okay, so, uh... Well, where to start? I before we start, can we also say that you were kind enough to bring us in some Moscato? (laughs) (laughs) That's also in quotes. Okay, guys, I have to tell you this. So this is a bottle of clear colored alcohol. It 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 says Grappa di Moscato, so that's Italian, and we all know Moscato is a very light wine. However, Mistress Honey, you know, looks behind the label and say, okay, well, it's Moscato, so it's got to be like 6% alcohol by volume. <laughs> no, it is 43% alcohol by volume. It's got more alcohol than liquor. So, by like, little bit. <laughs> so, Honey and I are in our first quarter of the bottle, and... <laughs> And Mia has had more than Honey has, so she's giggling a whole lot more. It is fabulous. I am not <laughs> complaining. Def- no, it's definitely interesting. Of course, you know, Dave's not imbibing in the wine. He's got he's got his brimstone. It's whiskey. whiskey. Whiskey, yeah. Is it like burnt corn, you said? No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's, um... What is it? It's smoked corn. Oh, smoked corn. Oh, there's smoked. a difference. There is. There is a very, very small difference. You're being all fancy on us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Very, I'm, very complex palate, as you well know. Ooh, very complex. <laughs> at, at this moment, I'm pouring more cranberry into this quote-unquote clear wine because it tastes like straight-up ethanol. <laughs> And he loves it, don't lie. <laughs> yes. I will. I'm sure I will love it once I get get down to a little bit more and, and my taste buds are a little bit more deadened. Which is the only way I can che- drink gin, by the way. Oh, I know. Like your taste, I get, my taste buds already have to be like a little bit deadened. From other oh, you're, you're, not going, you're not drinking the right gin. There's a, uh, after we get off the air here, there's, there's a place locally. If you want a good gin cocktail, there's a really good place I could recommend for you. Well, there you go. Downtown, downtown in town. So. Okay. I expected that probably somewhere yeah. in Seville Corner. No, no. Um, uh, actually, just right down the main drag, they do. Uh, there's an old school cocktail bar. It's um, Old Hickory. Old Hickory. Old oh, Hickory. Okay. Yeah, really, really good gin cocktails. You can get a good julep there. You can get a lot of good stuff there. Right. Again, Old Hickory is not a sponsor of ours, neither is any of the alcohol we're drinking tonight. We are just enjoying ourselves. That's it. <laughs> so, nope. so, Dave, so what, like, a year ago before you... Was this the first dungeon you've been to? Uh, first, yes. Okay. The, the short answer to that is yes. So do you want me to... Yeah. Okay, so I found uh, Mr. Smia's dungeon through FetLife. And uh, so I was like, hey, I'll check that out. And I checked out her website. And I was like, you know what? I want to contact her, see what she's all about. And so I did. And I came in and uh, met with her and met with Amy. And uh, got to know them, not just as people, but... Uh, you know, did a little bit of playing, and uh, it was real evident that they were uh, 
not only was discretion a uh, thing, but so was uh, just being personable, being just legitimately good people, warming people, uh, welcoming people. Um, but that's really not where you know this sort of side of me started. Um, as far as that goes, I was uh, I think the first time I had tried to dive into something abnormal, I think I was in like the I think I was about 11 or 12 and you know internet porn's kind of a big thing when you're then you, you learn all the tips and tricks on how to clear your browser history. And uh, so this was before the incognito windows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah this is. This is. This is. You this know, is. You and I are in our thirties, and we, you know, we have, we did not have the. This is. This is. This is. Aims the big thing, yes, and people are I aming each other. AOL instant messenger with the Craig, red and the blue. Craig, Craigslist hasn't really become a big thing yet. Like away it's away messages. Remember away messages? Yes. Yes. I spent hours crafting the perfect. Yeah. Brb. <laughs> The uh, so were you trying to hide your browsing history from your mother? Of course, any, any, <laughs> of course. Well, I was using, I was like, we're we're kind of the last generation where there wasn't a computer in every household, yeah. so she would get on to look at her stuff, and I didn't want her finding, you know, porn, <laughs> and 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 not just, you know, not not even just, you know, not. Of course, it never starts with kinky porn; it just normal stuff, just yeah, you know, just, naked you just girl, want to see naked boobs, girl. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's 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 kind of it. And so uh, I had. Online. Yeah, exactly. And so I had uh, I had started venturing more and more into different categories and you know different porn sites. And I remember what led me to start looking at different things was a site called XNXX, which still exists crazily enough. And they were the first one to really have anything abnormal all in one page. It wasn't just like back what do you, then. What do you mean? By, what do you mean by abnormal? So normal porn, right? Would be like your hustler or your playboy, centerfolds, naked girl, or just guy on girl. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really much variety uh, in the internet those days. If you wanted, you know, a certain type of porn, there was a certain type of site for that. There wasn't like the hub sites that we have now, mm-hmm. where you have all the different categories. And XN XX kind of. Uh, opened that up to me and I saw all sorts of different categories whether it was gangbangs or DP or bukkake or things like that and so you start getting more and more extreme and uh, you start looking at more and more different stuff so how old were you when you started branching out into like what what we would say the non-normal quote-unquote porn categories uh, the, yeah the less socially accepted the less porn socially accepted por- the, the porn the- that would be the most embarrassing for your boss to ever find you watching Ex- exactly Exactly. That would have probably been. I was twelve, so probably twelve and a half. I mean, that's the way it works, right? The uh, uh, I, it's so much so that because uh, magazines were still pretty popular. They were actually. They were actually the first Playboy I ever saw was the one that had the first one that had China the Wrestler in it. Oh, I thought that one. Yeah, and the boxing gloves. Yeah, yeah. That one. She was sexy bitch. You know, there's a guy who uh, he's on Etsy. I can't remember his name, but he sells. He's a Playboy collector, and so one of the things that people I know that have been doing is they'll find your birthday month and year and send you that Playboy. Mm, it's kind of yeah, and then you get it framed. It's it's you know yeah. you're getting it because it's hey this is who it was when I was born. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them it's like man I can't believe mine's not very cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're not gonna have like the the biggest 
you know, most popular Playboy bunny on the cover. Well, no, like, it'd be cool, like, and it'd be a long time ago, but if you had, like, the Marilyn Monroe issue, let's say, oh, right? Yeah. That was the very first issue. Very first issue. Right, and so if you... Whatever. Right, but if you were born that day, like, you have, or born that month, then that's your issue. I think that was, like, 52. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that the porn thing became such a big deal... Then I remember my parents were split, and so at one point, my uh, one of the places I go visit my dad, and I had a library card, and I was looking at porn at the library. They didn't have like a blocker on it. No, this was before all of oh that. My God. So like, I can't imagine that you went to a library where there were people. Right. Of course, and then you print it out and you take it home, and that, that was it. Wow. In fact, it makes it funny so I'm because. I'm not sure they made you pay for the pages yet. Either. No, no, they didn't expect anybody to do anything that wasn't, you know, studious. So, so realistically, it started with it started with uh, porn and. Uh, you like a half chub sitting in a freaking library. Yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> that that, that yeah, at that point, it's just popping off. At that point, you have to learn the waistband trick when you go to school. And if you ever ask a guy what the waistband trick is, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. You know what the waistband trick is, don't you? I'm guessing what it is, and if I if I if I am guessing from context clues here, what do you try to tuck it into your waist? Like yes. Pull it up? Yes. So you're not embarrassed in class. Yeah. Put it in your waist. It's con- yeah. It's it's a lesson that all uh, fathers out there make sure you tell your sons about it because nothing's more. It's not. It's more embarrassing to pop a boner in front of the girl you like when you're like 13. <laughs> yeah. It, it happens. That's true. So uh, that's it, it. It all started kind of kind of tamely like that. I mean. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't. There, the <laughs> <laughs> I can't drink anymore. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, you're just gone, and I'm like taking little baby bird sips. I'm fucked up. I really am. We're gonna get technical here. I'm fucked up. Well, that's good. Well, it's a good thing you're in your own home. That's it. Within stumbling distance to your bedroom, we just gotta figure out those final staircases for you. Yeah, I'm great. I can do. She's got a couch. It's all good. <laughs> so you were looking at porn as. 12, 12 and a half year old, looking into like the more, the more uh, raunchy. Apps. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily that it was raunchy. It was that it was different. Different. Well, it I, was. I it was. Yeah. That. It's not. Very taboo. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like. And it wasn't like it was like. Man, this is kind of cool. I want to. It's kind of like when someone sends you. Uh, uh, a gaping video or something. It's like you're watching out of out of not 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 a almost not, morbid curiosity. Exactly. You're not necessarily watching because you're turned out, but it's like it's like is that really an eggplant? <laughs> like you you ask yourself. Like you also got to remember our internet culture has changed too. It used to be that, and I still have friends like this because we're all the same age. We yeah. try to send each other grossest stuff we can. Yeah. You know, at one point, people forget that YouTube had beheading videos on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I use YouTube for the pimple popper videos. Yeah, see, way back before it was... <laughs> I just learned that about you. <laughs> talk about it. So, so, so the internet was a much more uh, expansive place, right? So, so it gives it gives you ideas. Nothing about beheading, obviously, but... but but and it's like, look at this really weird thing that you're not going to be take be able to take your eyes off. Right, and so you look at it and you're like, oh, that's cool, and so you kind of get into that, and so. Uh, oh my god. You know about 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 the uh, about the time I started having sex, which was sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Right. So four short years. After yeah, that. I started having sex, and, and you know, sex is cool, but it's not as uh, it's not as cool as as my buddies. 
mm-hmm. say it is. And I'm like, why is that? And it's not as cool as my brothers say it is. I'm like, this is cool, mm-hmm. but it's not really There's there. There's no wow factor for well, you. Well, it just it's just not as, it's not, it's not, it's all it's cracked up to be, is, is, is what the way I remember thinking. I'm like, this is great, and I want more of it, but I don't see what the big deal is. And so... I think I felt the same way when I lost my virginity. <laughs> like, this is what the big thing was? Yeah, he didn't do it right. <laughs> no. Did not he ever do it right on the first time? Oh, I don't know about that. No, <laughs> I mean, you're both... fun, You're both... Yeah, you're both kind of just figuring it out. Yeah. The, uh... That's why you go with an older man. I say that. She knew what she was doing, but I did was not. Was she 16? Yeah. Of course, same age. Same age. She, she was a friend. She was a friend. Well, she had had sex before, okay, so... so. She was he was leaps and bounds ahead of me. <laughs> the uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, but it wasn't that great. Well, it was it was okay. It just wasn't. Uh, it didn't live up to the expectations. There was nothing wrong with it, but it didn't live up to the expectations. It wasn't that I wasn't fulfilled. It was that I did not know that there was there could be more to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it wasn't. I wasn't as in touch with myself as I am now. Well, like, well, when, well, when you're a teenager, you kind of have only the one move, you know, in out. Well, no, 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 no. Thanks to the internet, you know, all sorts of different stuff. <laughs> the uh, what, were you looking up like the finger bang tricks too? Yeah, and older, bro- like all that stuff gets passed down. Your brothers tell you, hey, you do this, you don't do this. Yeah. Uh, if you have good, if you have good family, good brothers, good, good people who give good this. advice. Nobody told me shit. <laughs> Well, that's because you were supposed to figure it out and figure out, hey, this is not, you know, yeah. you don't do this. And and well, I remember like the scene from American Pie where it was like this manual of yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking. Yeah, about, I know exactly right? what you're talking about. And he, and he's like referencing this book, taking breaks from you know whatever he was doing with his face and his fingers. And, you know, like, so is that kind of what you were... No, it just just simple things you wouldn't think. Like, for example, when your brother tells you, hey, man, you don't just jam it in. Mm. And he's talking about your fingers. You don't just jam them in there. you got to kind of caress it a little bit. And when you feel like it's wet, then you start doing that. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Is it, So it wasn't that I had bad sexual experiences or, or inept sexual experiences. They just weren't, they just weren't the pop culture, uh, hey, man... This is the apex of there vanilla wasn't life. American pie. Exactly, exactly. It wasn't like, oh, now I'm going to go for, go for girls all the time. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really realize anything was uh, different uh, about that until I had gotten to about 23, and that's when I had gotten on FetLife. And FetLife's changed drastically. FetLife is more about selling content now, which is really kind of a shame. Um, well, that's all of our social media sites. Right. Well, agreed. Agreed. But what made FetLife cool originally is their opening page instead of the kinky and popular. That was like the second tab. The first tab was forums. Mm. And so it was like, hey, man, you're into bondage. Well, what kind of bondage are you into? You into rope? You into handcuffs? You into chains? You into all sorts? Of, and there would be forums where people would post things about, hey, this worked for me, and I tried it like this. Okay. And they And they got rid of those. There were forums... And I think they did it to be more publicly friendly because there were forums about stuff that not a lot of people were into and those disappeared, i.e. water sports, mm-hmm. scat, that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, right. I mean, yeah, you I remember that. that. Oh, I do remember that. Honestly, my favorite was Color Me. 
Yes. You know, Collar Me was the shit. You know, now it's Collar Me is just like Fet Life in a lot of ways, but it's called Collar Space. Okay. And um, now they changed Collar Space because apparently there was a, a friction with the original two owners of the site. But I like it because they still do the thing when you open it up. A new profile pops up, mm. and then you can actually go in the search and choose, you know, what you want to actually view as far as you know the person you're looking for. It's more like a personals okay. page, but that's me. Right. So continue. Well, I was gonna say, and the cultures changed too in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying there's not a bunch of skeezy dudes who who send you know, hey, want to fuck messages, mm-hmm. but no, they are everywhere. Yeah, they're gonna be on any site. I mean, that's yeah, been LinkedIn for God's sake. That's been going on since AIM. Want yeah. to cyber? Like, come on. The, uh, but, uh, well, yeah. And, and so, and so, you know, kind of the culture changed on that on asking people, which is a little bit unfortunate, but that kind of helped expand things and talking to folks and trying stuff out and meeting girls off of there and, and doing stuff with them, finding out what I liked, finding out what I didn't like, finding out what role I played in my personal life. So, what was your best sexual experience? Oh, uh, that's really rough, that's actually. Far. That's really that's really rough. Um, so with a partner, with a partner, there was uh, a woman I was dating who uh, <laughs> she liked to be tied down. Uh, she liked to have uh, marks left on her, which is great because when I'm uh, when I'm not in the dungeon, I kind of. Uh, Put things into compartments. The only reason I don't say compartmentalize is I oh I nailed it. I have trouble with that word normally. But but well, I I tend to be more uh, primal and dominant in my own sex life, and so that can get a little scary for people, vanilla girls who don't want that. Uh, I like to leave marks. I like to take ownership. I like to grip, I like to pull, I like to move, I like to be in control that, hey, this is for me, and I'm going to get what I want. Now, that being said, I'm also the type of guy that uh, my goal is to get you off first, (laughs) because otherwise I'd just be home jacking off. So... um, so that's kind of what my sex life is when I am with a partner, with someone who I am doing stuff with. Now, obviously, that flips when I go to the dungeon. When I go to the dungeon, it's very much a I am not in control. Uh, and so that is, it, it's, I, I view myself more or less as a true switch, but none of the people I've let, I would not let a normal partner dom me okay. so i try something that you that you walk into a dungeon and you get into this space correct in fact i had a partner who i met off of fet life great great woman um and she's like i want to try being a dom and i was like i trust you enough I'll, I'll go for it and midway through the session uh she's like you like that you like that and i was like yeah you're doing it wrong and so then i ended up breaking the role going complete the opposite throwing her on the bed and just having at her she loved it she was into it but but it it broke it broke the fourth wall so to speak you were you were no longer in the role no longer in the space and it just what was she doing wrong it wasn't that she was doing anything wrong it was just that she was inexperienced and it was the fact that i viewed her as a sexual partner see when i go when i go to a dungeon i don't make the mistake of uh wanting 
sex from a dungeon because that's not the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. The uh, in fact, I had a I had done a session recently where the the uh, dom put me in a position that I'm hardly ever in. She got me into the space where I want to reciprocate, where I want to be the one giving. And I mean, I like actually like yes, let me do this. Yes, let me do that. Like put me in that space, and that is insanely hard to do for me. And so a normal vanilla person, who uh, who you know their idea of kinky is well, I watched Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> like that's just I would much rather have vanilla sex than someone say I've watched Fifty Shades of Grey and tried something because it ends up being dangerous or they don't know what they're doing, they don't know how to test the waters, or they think if they're going to spank you that 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 things are going to uh, they're gonna they're just not going to hit right or they're going to hit with the wrong thing. It's going to be dangerous and it's going to throw everybody out of the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's just kind of the difference between personal and if I'm doing something for me. If I'm going to the dungeon, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's because that's where you can lose control. Exactly, exactly. With no strings attached. Like, I can't, you know, I can say, yeah, you can you can rope me up. Yeah, you can spank me. Yeah, you can uh, put stuff on my nipples. And you don't get a weird look. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a partner who's... I can probably get the look that says, oh, yay. <laughs> well, it's kind of like you run into this with other hobbies. If you run into... Uh, if you run into... Uh, say your hobby is playing video games. And your partner, whether they're male or female, says, oh, yeah, I play video games too. And either they play a different kind of video game, like you're into shooters, they're into fighters. Mm-hmm. Or, or you play RPGs or something. They're okay with playing 10 minutes of a game or 20 minutes of a game. And you're an all-night gamer. Mm-hmm. It's not the same hobby. And so when it comes to sex, it's the same thing. It's not the same hobby. You may think you like spanking, but you like barehanded, handcuffed. Maybe your butt gets a little red, whereas someone may like, I want bruises. I want marks. I want to feel it the next day. Half of my goal every time I have somebody wants to be spanked, I, I try to see if I can get my handprint to be visible at least once. If that's what they want. <laughs> Correct. You know, and it's weird because I was trying to figure out what I am, whether switch, power bottom, or something. And, you know, I, I personally, I think it helps a lot of folks if you don't think about labels, if you think about what you're into and how you can have someone help you mutually accomplish a goal. And then the labels come later. The uh, uh, You're going to enjoy your session a lot more that way, I think, mm-hmm. whether you're with a, a sexual partner or dom or, or, or something. So, I mean, so are you are you seeing somebody right now? Uh, no, actually. So that's that's the other thing too. Is I'm a terrible, terrible monogamist. So if I was this thing is a terrible monogamist. <laughs> I know. Or, I know. or are you saying monogamy is a terrible trait? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I just I'm, uh, I'm I truly am a. Uh, I feel I feel deeply, and I, uh, I I like being honest with folks. I think if you live your life with rigorous honesty. Uh, it makes life just a lot easier. And so um, if I were seeing someone, I would either have to see someone who's okay with this, and those people are rare, mm. uh, especially I come from a big family. It would have to be someone I could take back home and meet my family. Um, and there's no tragic backstory behind my family. My family is a very, very loving family. Um, they just, they would, be, they would be almost too accepting to a point, and that's, that's weird. But... You'd either have to find someone who's okay with... That's funny. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. Well, well, that's just it. That we grew up in a house of uh, you may screw up, but unconditional. Like I can't imagine not talking to one of my siblings over something. Yeah. Even if I shot them, like, like that's just the household I grew up in. I'm very fortunate, very fortunate to have the family structure I've got. Uh, you know, it'd be one of those deals if I were to come out as gay or, or anything, they would they would be disappointed in what they couldn't have, but they would still love me. So an example would be like, well, we understand that you know you may not have children now or something, mm-hmm. and so but we still love you. So right. your so your family so you don't have to worry about hiding anything from your family. Correct, so correct. You don't have the same kind of limitations as others do. Exactly. So when that comes back to partners, though, because my family's so family oriented, they would want to meet that partner. And so you have to kind of balance things because there are a lot of there are the the people that get into kink in, in my experience that heavily get into it. Some of them aren't the most balanced folks. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it 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 kind of adds flavor to the mix. But those are the folks you may not want to take home to mom, or they're too understanding. Mm-hmm. And it, then you're wondering what they're kind of doing on the side, and it just becomes a deal where you can't be honest with each other. And when you can't be honest with each other. What's the point of having a relationship anyways? Mm. So if if I had a vanilla girl or a girl that was into a few things, things I would normally do with her mm. uh, or try to expand like her. Like she just like be choked a little. Like Correct. Little. Well, well and, 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 you, and you do that in stages, or at least I do that in stages mm-hmm. uh, on when, you know, getting a girl warmed up. If that's what they're into, kind of getting them into the right space to try stuff. Um, but... If I had a partner, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to a dungeon because uh, omission is lying. Mm-hmm. And so, if I can omit something that that means a lot to me, then she could admit potentially omit something that really means well, a lot to her. Well, that just means you need to meet somebody who will come with you and yeah. play. Well, no, because so here's the deal. For me, and maybe different for other people, but when I play with with a dom, I'm giving up a side of me that I don't give up for my partner. Mm-hmm. And so I might, I don't think I could have a partner that was a, a switch. And honestly, in my experience, and I have yet to see it, most vanilla women want the male to be dominant. And there's, it's just something that's programmed into oh, us. Oh yeah, that's definitely, I mean, a lot of women I meet, even if they don't really know much about BDSM or kink, they're like, oh, I think I'm a submissive. I think I'm a sub. And, and, and you know what? I actually have those thoughts about myself too, but it's mostly because you know getting introduced to the idea it's so overwhelming that like just tell me what to do oh, i'll do it just tell me what to do so i'll be set well well and the other thing too is it's like acting right so when you step into that dungeon you're stepping into a role absolutely you're leaving everything else behind and it's showtime that's not who you are at the grocery store no. and so no one can be on all the time yeah and so if you're going to be the dom all the time, especially in a monogamous relationship, you can't, in my experience, now it may be different for other folks, you can't just turn, turn that on and off. Even the, uh, you know, you look at the, uh, look at cuck couples, for example, and I've, I've met a few, and the, 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 the woman clearly rules the roost, because that's the dynamic, and it's not just in the, uh, sexual part of things it's everything Everything. and even though those relationships can work in my view they're toxic i believe that whether it's friendship or romance uh uh, romance a relationship should not be what i take or what i get 
It's what we built together. And so for me, uh, you know, a kinky relationship and monogamy don't mesh well. Because one person either will do something stupid, like go play by themselves and not tell their partner, or and then it snowballs. And then you're like play partners, yeah. Well, and if and if and if one of the members of the relationship is weak, then the person getting called out and getting calls is not the partner, but the person who played with the partner, and it just adds a level of drama that doesn't need to be in your life, in my opinion. But that's kind of... It's definitely a... Uh, I, would, I don't want to say slippery slope. I want to say it, it's a definitely a hard balance to to uh, achieve. You know, and, um, when I was talking to people in our, in our local community, you know, I would see, oh, well, here's somebody who is a submissive woman. She's married to this man, but he's not her dom. This other guy's her dom. And it's just like... And, and you wonder how that works. Well, it, it truly depends on the third party. So I've I've uh, I've unicorned it for a couple uh, a couple couples. I've I've been with a, a female female couple, and I've been with oh, a. That had to be fun. Well, it was. It was cool. And I've been with a, a female male couple. I'm not bi or anything, so nothing with the dude. He just wanted me to be involved with his wife. The like, thing, would he sit in the corner? Or no, no, we 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 deep here and stuff, and you know, I mean, it was it was just, a full. Like, we don't touch each other. Yeah, no yeah eye contact kind of alternate. Thing. It was more. It was <laughs> yeah. Like, what are the rules of the devil's story? So <laughs> so so that's just it. You discuss all that beforehand. What you're comfortable with, what you're not, and if your balls accidentally touch, well, that's the risk of doing business. Um, <laughs> I'm being serious. If anyone gets mad about that, don't get into threesome. I mean, yeah, I'm being I, dead I serious. Love it. Devil's three-way rules. Well, so you you work those out beforehand. You work those out. You work out what the wife and husband are comfortable with. Yeah. So if the you know, you know yeah, the I rule the rule was the rule. What your rule is? Well, my rule my my rules are. You never play with the wife without the husband there. Of course. You never go to their house. They never come to your house. You meet at a hotel or neutral ground or nude beach or whatever. Okay. And so you make sure you're in a in a safe semi-public space to do things because it can go south real quick if you haven't met the folks you meet them and you have a meal with them first okay. you figure out who they are you make sure they're not off you make sure you're not going to get stabbed or something because uh, <laughs> that would suck it would you're suck and then you figure out you figure out what the wife's comfortable with and then more importantly if you're the same sex as the person being involved so if, if you were a girl being involved with uh, a married couple you would ask the wife what she wants and i asked the man what he would want and figure out what he was cool with me doing with his wife, what he wasn't, and then I would have my list of rules. You know, he was like, "Yeah, you can do A, B, C, and D, but you can't kiss her." Where she had been okay with kissing, mm -hmm. and so in that instance, I did not kiss her because it would cause friction between me and the husband, ergo ruining and her the fun and for everyone. Yeah, because it would cause a problem between her and her husband. Right. When you're when you're the third wheel, you're there to add spice. You're not there to get your own jollies. And so, uh, or at least in my, my experience, the, the female the female couple, the reason I got involved with them is we really, really connected, lesbian couple, uh, the, the more uh, effeminate partner, she had never had a man, and so that's what her, her partner was trying to get her, and so, you know, I was more involved with one, the other would just kind of get caressed but she wanted nothing to do with with like dick full on correct but it was it was more about her partner right and so the key thing when you get involved in a threesome with a couple is you need to figure out what the rules are mm -hmm. and then you need to have your own code of conduct and act accordingly have you ever had 
a couple bring you a, a rule or something that you thought was just like, what in the world is your issue? No, um, so that's, uh, that's, that's exactly the... Uh, that's exactly the uh, reason you talk with them first. You'd meet somewhere mundane and have a meal with them or over coffee or just sit down and talk. Get to know them because if they're going to see you naked at your most vulnerable, it doesn't make sense to – if there's a red flag, then you don't need to be getting involved. It's, it's kind of like – Is it just one meal that you have together? Do you feel like you get well, a you, sense of somebody after one meeting? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm more of an in-person uh, person, some of these people, well, yeah, well, you meet them on FetLife, you talk to them, you send yeah, them messages. Well, I think that would be the same as you, because you, you can't trust somebody behind a screen. Well, and that's the problem with, we've become a little bit too digital in our dating and everything. Yeah. Uh, that's a big test for me, is if I'm, if I am, you know, if you swipe right on someone, right? And, uh, <laughs> swipe right. And you send them a message, it's like, hey, when can we meet for coffee? Not, let me get to know you, let me see you naked, let me do all this. It's, uh, you know, when can we meet? in a semi-public place, and I can see what you look like, you can see what I look like, we can talk to each other and see what, uh, if we click or not. And if we click, maybe we'll have fun, maybe we won't, but at least it won't be a bad experience, and the only commodity you can waste then is your time. Sure. Versus putting yourself in a dangerous position. Absolutely. It's definitely a uh, strange world out there now when it comes to dating, especially, especially in the scene and everything like that. It's... So what's your true fetish? It really depends. Um, it depends on the partner, uh, and it depends on what I'm doing. Uh, I've had many different experiences with many different doms. <laughs> um, I'm sure you have. <laughs> and each, one, each one's been a little bit different, and there's certain things I'll allow with some that I won't allow with others, and there's certain things that uh, I just don't enjoy. I'm a big person of it's not necessarily what you do, but how you do it. Uh, Spanking is a good example of that. It's, you know, hey, are you going to beat me really hard to begin with? Are you going to uh, follow, you know, are you going to warm me up first? And so, um, realistically, if I had to label it down to a couple fetishes, it would definitely be, you know, shibari and rope and, and that kind of restraint because of the way the rope feels, uh, some impact play, some light choking, um, you know, the occasional pegging or butt plug, depending upon, and that's that's part of the reason that doesn't really get involved with my uh, personal life, is in my personal experience, I found that uh, when someone is not in the dom role doing that, if, she, if, if, if your partner is just washing dishes, they're going to look at you different. And that's not anything uh, crazy. It's just if you want that dynamic, you want that dynamic. But if, yeah. you, want, if you want a dynamic where everybody's on equal footing uh, doing non-sexual activities, then when you do those sexual activities... Um, and you're the sub, you can get treated different if the person has the wrong type of personality. I've got a good example of that, uh, actually. Uh, I, knew, I knew a guy who, uh, he was on an outing with his family at Disneyland, and he was a sub for a couple. And uh, it was crazy because this, this woman made him wear his uh, sub collar in public, which, you know, you see that all the time, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a covert one, mm -hmm. like it was the real obvious band <laughs> one, and I was with him, we were at Disneyland, so oh we're, we're at Disney, we're at Disneyland, and it's, you know, there's children with us, and, the, sure. and this guy's in this collar, and there's children everywhere else, and he says something, and she disagrees with it, so what does she do? She goes over, and she just w reaches over in public, and just twists the hell out of his nipple, <laughs> just right there in public. And that's 
fine if you're into that. The problem you have to think about is think about the folks around you. Sure. You know, everyone. One of the biggest things that uh, folks got onto with the with the gay movement is, well, we, you know, we think they don't want to see you know gay people kissing in public. Well, the honest answer is, no one wants to see anyone sticking tongues down throats in public, whether you're straight, gay, bi, trans, you're all of it. Italian or French? Because I saw like the grossest old Italian couple when I was visiting Italy. It was like they were in the park, like ain't nobody give a shit. Well, they're all, they also maybe. Good for you. Well, here's 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 the thing too. They must have been just so old they didn't care. Like, like have you ever seen like an eighty year old man wear shorts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just say right? Yeah, baby. Eighty year olds are in the Well, no, no. Well, I was gonna say they've got six inch shorts and eight inch balls. <laughs> like that's. <what> <laughs> This is a funny story. So, so we had this gentleman come in, and first time he had ever been into the dungeon, he said, "You know, I want to bring my wife in, and I just want you to video what we do." I said, "Sure, no problem." You know, and you know this guy is very handsome, tall, good-looking guy, and um, his wife is uh, a short, petite black woman, and you could tell she's very southern. He is not. He's from upstate New York. And so they come in, and uh, she's kind of overwhelmed by looking at the dungeon space. Which and you know can be a little bit overwhelming. Yeah, you know, you walk in, you know, it's it's usually blinding, you know, trying to get your vision when you come in from being outside, 90-degree weather, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and it's like, there's dark curtains, there's red walls, yeah. there's, there's red facade, lights, red yeah. lights. So she walks in, and she's looking in through these cabinets, and she's like, does men really want stuff up their booties? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, a you know, them do. There, there's a lot of men in general that like stuff in their booties. And she's like, hmm, okay. Well, she's like, you mind if I change? And I'm like, sure, no problem. You can, you can go right in here, you can change, and I'll wait, I'll set up the camera. So little did I know, because I didn't know what the hell they were gonna do. Like I said, they're just having me go in there and video this. Mm-hmm. So he comes out in panties, leather panties, mm-hmm. sexy leather panties with lace. Sex leather and okay. Yeah, okay. and and six inch heels. Get it. And he lays back in the swing and doesn't normally, you know, usually put your legs right in front of you. Well, he put the legs all the way behind him. What? So, I mean, he, I'm telling you, he was I mean, flexible. Yes, all the way back. And use the straps that are go for the hands mm-hmm. for his feet. So I'm like, okay. And she walks in, and she's got the biggest fucking strap on I've ever seen in my life. So I'm thinking, bitch, why are you asking why me about this? Ask that question? <laughs> of course, you know, wear a fucking strap on. She might have, she might have been wondering if it was just him or if there were others. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. And I figured that's why she asked me, but it was just funny because I was yeah. like, not what I was expecting at all. And then to top it off. She had a latex mask on that actually had like the for the ponytail, but she didn't use it for the ponytail. So it, you know, there was <laughs> it looked like the snorks from like the the eighties, <laughs> like <laughs> like she had this thing <laughs> and it was at the top of her head, and there was no ponytail, <laughs> and of course, you know, 
she did not warm him up. So I'm doing what? the video camera. She did not warm him up. He brought his own like big pump bottle lube. It's like you hear sloshing, you know. And <laughs> oh I mean, he's trying to lube himself. Well, I'm up. just thinking about cleaning that damn leather swing. All that lube. <laughs> no kidding. And next thing you know, man, she just rams that shit in. I was like, what? <gasps> yeah. No finger, no nothing. No finger, no nothing. No, it wasn't his first rodeo, I guess. It was not his first rodeo. It was not her first rodeo, but that shit was hilarious. Absolutely oh hilarious. So, you had said the other night you actually had a, a session that was more or less your top five. Yeah. Ooh. So, so what was so... I didn't know. So good I, in this session. It was. <laughs> is, is this with Mistress Amy? No, it was not. <gasps> no. no. my niece. It was with Dahlia. With Dahlia. <laughs> yeah. She's she, a sexy bitch, isn't she? She is. She is. But she, uh, well, she did, she did a lot of, she, uh, she wrote me to the cross. The, uh, instead of just like the, uh, hand deal, she had wrote my legs to the cross. So I couldn't go anywhere. Oh, so, she like tied you with your legs. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. She awesome job at that, and so I couldn't go anywhere. So it was just kind of this whole. I, I'll put it this way: I could, uh, I could lean back from the cross, mm-hmm. like like I was sitting without without my weight going anywhere. Okay, so it, it was almost so it was almost like you were harnessed through your legs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because you were you were latched in. I was basically so I couldn't you, go. You could lean back and not go back. I could not go anywhere. And okay. so she just did whatever she wanted to me and she got me in the space where it uh, was absolutely perfect. She did everything everything right. Yeah. It was uh, it was just amazing. It was just I couldn't think I couldn't do anything else but be in that moment, and that is uh, almost impossible for me to do. So, wow. so yeah, she got me to where I wanted to. Uh, the session was good enough that uh, in my mind I was breaking the rules. And what I mean by that, I was like, yeah, I, I want to reciprocate. I want to do anything I can for her to show her that I am, that I am appreciative. <laughs> And I was like, "Wow, that's." Uh, and I told her afterwards. I was hoping I didn't, because that was that was realistically my uh, first time seeing her, and I didn't want to. I was, and I told her afterwards, and I really hope she didn't think I was trying to 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 you know break the rules. It's just like, no, you got me in the right space. Like that was amazing. <laughs> and so that's that's just really it. Is just being uh, that breaks down to it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Nothing was really different than what I normally do. It's just the way she did it, the control she had. Uh, I wasn't able to think, and that was perfect. perfect. Right. That's honestly where we always try to get our submissives, or you know, it, anybody who comes to see us. That is the goal. Like I like, we want you to be in this space where you are just in complete enjoyment and not trying to not trying to do anything, not trying to think, not trying to. So, Jane, I'm curious. What was your first dungeon experience? How did that go? What happened? How did you feel about it? Well, so my uh, my first dungeon experience was actually out here, okay. an actual setup dungeon that's uh, fully equipped and uh, is not just someone with you know. Well, I've got handcuffs and a couple dildos and a vibrator and a, and a, and a crop, and one whip, or yeah, a yeah. Crop. And, a, and a riding crop that nobody really uses outside of. <laughs> Outside, of, I'm being dead serious. I have not seen a riding crop used on someone. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but 
you know, I grew up out in the country, so if you bring out a bullwhip or a riding crop, you're going to be hurting somebody pretty damn well, bad. Well, and I'll tell you, actually, um, me personally, I actually, with part of my growing up experience, I, I learned a lot of things on a horse ranch. And the only time you ever, ever brought a whip or a crop, it was like, this horse really had a lot of work to do. And half the time, like, at least when I was there, they're like, all I gotta do is show the horse the whip or the crop. They'll, they'll go in line and they'll do it. But you don't have to hit them with it. You just show it to them. You just gotta scare them a little bit. So you're not supposed to have to use the whips and the crops on animals. Like, the whole goal there is to be able to say, look, I have this. Now get the fucking line. So, so you're mind-fucking the horses as well. Same, yes. same, <laughs> well, same, thing, same thing with a bull whip. You don't actually lash the bull. You make a noise for him. For yeah, him. yeah. It's, yeah. Actually where, it's actually where, like, Florida Cracker comes from. Oh, they had a, they had a cow whip. Cracking the whip. And a, I thought it was... Mm. It, it applies differently today, but that's the origin. <laughs> I mean, I, I, and I had to learn about Florida crackers from... When I first came to Florida, I was going to teach social studies, so I had to learn Florida history. Oh, my goodness. Which was totally fascinating. Because I'm from Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, other than the person who has a few sex toys and says they're dumb and that they watch, watch Fifty Shades of Grey or whatever, this was, you know, coming to an actual dungeon that has everything you need and more and things you didn't even know you, you needed um, did you see that you thought you, you didn't know you didn't know you needed it was it wasn't anything because like i said i had that whole internet deal when i was a kid so i made so there were no mysteries there was no mystery like what's that for yeah it wasn't like i was looking at like an atom collider or something it was it was like okay that's that's a cock cage and that's one of those pinwheel things and those are fire cups and this like like you know what it is and you know what it's for and it's like well would i want to try that and so normally when you tell someone hey man yeah i want you to uh try this on me you know i want you to spank me i want you to try impact play you know most folks they'll like you know they'll you know it'll either be a love tap or it'll be way too hard whereas you know you come somewhere where they know what they're doing they warm you up they uh you know just apply the right amount of pressure and it's not just with spanking it's with anything else you know okay well you want to try rope so we're going to start with your wrists we're going to start with your ankles we're going to start somewhere that you know isn't too intimidating and then keep pushing the envelope and so my first dungeon experience uh, i kind of alluded to it earlier i had met with uh mistress mia and amy and uh it had Best gone pros that we have <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, you know, even if you, uh, you know, even if you don't have a uh, session with Amy, the uh, just talking to her, she's just a wonderful person. Right. She's she an, she's right. absolutely a welcoming and wonderful person, and she knows how to. Uh, she is going to treat you. She steps into the role that she needs to step into. She'll treat you like you would treat a friendly stranger, and then when you're stepping into the role, she steps into the role. And so that was kind of how the first session went, is there were some things I wanted to do, some things I wanted to try, and uh, Amy just went with the flow and did those things. So it was a little bit of impact play, some uh, pegging, some, some uh, restraints, she had me on the cross, she had me in the swing, uh, you know, and then she did a little bit of aftercare, she did like a massage. So it, it was very much a very positive experience and it made me realize that this dungeon was a dungeon that was a legitimate place to go to experiment 
and to not feel like you're in some sketchy hotel room and you don't know if someone's doing heroin and <laughs> it just it all kind of it all kind of it became it's a safe environment where you have people doing things in a safe and uh, you know because everyone's been on the other side of it everyone's got horrible war stories uh, you know show me someone who hasn't tried to branch out and they meet someone who is an abuser or a manipulator and uh, you know I'll give them the Nobel Peace Prize like, it's just not. <laughs> They don't exist. And so the fact that you can have somewhere where you have experienced people are like, okay, well, we'll try this or we'll try that. And uh, it just worked out really, really well. And so uh, I've come back ever since. I've seen different, different, uh, different doms and seen them in different ways and done different things. And some methods I liked, some methods I didn't. But it wasn't that it was a bad experience. It was just that we weren't on the same wavelength. And so... It just, if it, uh, you know, and that's, ultimately, that's what it's about. Or at least, if you're going to a dungeon by yourself, that's what it's about. It's a, it's really about you and who you're trusting to do stuff with you. Um, you know, if you're there to appease the dom, that's great. Mm-hmm. If you're into that, that's great. But at the end of the day, they are helping you and your selfish needs. So what does that mean? That means you got to provide them an environment that they want to help you out. So, you know, you show up. You know, showered with your mind right versus. <laughs> I'm being serious. I mean, you know, base, basic hygiene and and you know, you be respectful and you you uh, you treat them like you treat anybody else. Then when you step into the dungeon, you step into that role. Then you can start your uh, however submissive you want to be or however you know what you want to do. Oh well, yeah, because I mean, we've allowed where you weren't really entirely submissive because you know you and I have had sessions before. We played together and. Like, I'll always remember you as the titty bruiser. <laughs> the first time you and I were together, it was it was a two-hour play session with me and Amy. Amy had seen you many times before. It was my first time seeing you. And, of course, you know, we've talked about my boobs on this podcast. I love my boobs with my little nipples. Like, I love my boobs. They're very soft. I love them. I like to squeeze them. I like to let other people squeeze them. They're very comforting. And she's squeezing them. I'm yes. squeezing them right now. Right now, people. And, like, so so I agreed to, like, let you suck on my boobs. And, and then you you told me. You warned me. And I wasn't, I, I didn't quite catch the warning. And you're like, well, you know, I like to bite. You know, I like to do that. I'm like, all right, we'll see how it goes. And then I get home, and I look up the next day, I'm like, that bastard and I have like a bruise a small bruise right above my left nipple I, it, look if, I, if, if I'm ever doing something like that I'm, I'm always in the extreme I, I can't I can't regulate. Like yeah. it, it's like the, the fact that it wasn't a bigger area, or bigger bruise, more than one bruise. Like that's <laughs> again. That's why. That's the difference between your your. You know, when you go and do a session with someone who knows what they're doing and someone who's vanilla, you know that would freak out a lot of vanilla people unless yeah. you really really discuss it. And so that's part of you know can you can you sacrifice that part of yourself if you get there with that person. And uh, can you have the conversation about, well, I'm into this with that person? And uh, I've found that if you're the person who goes and does sessions and, and lives a little bit more of a flavorful lifestyle, that it's easier to get the other person to open up about what they're into. Yeah. And of course, next time we saw each other, we just had to communicate a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. And that's, and that's key is just saying, hey, this really didn't work out for me. Yeah. Uh, can we do it another way? And that's the other part about it is being able to receive that. 
you know, I believe you had approached me. You were like, hey, yeah, you, you, did this, did. <laughs> you, you did this last time, and if you're going to do it again, um, you need to do it lighter because I'm not cool. And my response wasn't, well, that's not cool. It was okay. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try, I'll try oh, my best. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I took that. You're like, okay, he understands, and he's going to try to, 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 to do And, of course, you know, we had a good time together, you and me. Right. And that's and that's the thing that uh, people forget is that the dom is helping the dom or whatever role this other person is in is helping you achieve your fantasy. They're helping you achieve somewhere you can't get on your own, or that you have failed to get a partner to get you on your own, and that you not only are uh, you putting trust in them for them not to hurt you, but they're putting trust into you that you're not a psychopath. So it, it really boils down to uh, you know you need to treat you need to treat your doms with respect regardless of whatever your role is because they are helping you out at the end of the day and it's 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 such a weird dynamic you know I've listened to your podcast I've heard some of the horror stories and it's mm-hmm. like how on earth did you how did you flip the perception that this person is helping you uh, go for your greatest fantasies or things you can't achieve. That they're screwing you over, like it just doesn't—it doesn't make sense to me. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the thing of it is, I've done this for almost twenty-five years, and you know, I've taken many girls under our wing, and you know, helped them, you know, become the best doms they can be. And you know, we have different people that have come in, and they're always, you know, they're there for a purpose, and it's great that they can be selfish. And it's great that they can, you know, want to explore their mind and, you know, become this person, you know, during that session. You know, it is a form of therapy. You know, it is very cathartic. And, you know, that's what we try to do. We try to accomplish that for them. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that it is a form of therapy and it is uh, cathartic. The, um, the space that I got into the other night, uh, it made me want to eat a woman out. And where this becomes an issue and for this me... this was when you were here with Dalian? Correct. So you got really... Well... You were, you were really inspired then. Well, here's, here's the thing. I had a bad experience when I was younger. Um, I had had a woman shove her, uh, her vag in my face, and she didn't really take the best care of herself. Ooh, oh. Oh, oh, so, oh. So, so if something is just a tiny bit off, it kills the mood for me. It, it just doesn't... I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Uh, it. It puts me out of the wrong... It puts me in the wrong headspace. And I mean, if, if I can... If I can if, so, if I can tell something's off and uh, just in starting interacting with a woman, it just kills the mood completely for me. And so to get to a point where uh, I enjoy or want to do that... Because I'll do that with a partner if I really enjoy them, but that, I can count the number of partners I've actually enjoyed doing that with on one hand. Really? Yeah, well, if I'm not in there mentally, I... I'm just saying, like, because you and I are the same age, and, and you've been sexually active since you were a teenager. You can count on one hand? How many I've enjoyed doing that with, yeah. Jeez. Now, to put put that in perspective, I've, I've had many other sexual partners mm-hmm. and many other sexual things, but that doesn't mean I've performed oral sex on a woman that... Oh, that, so you, didn't all, you haven't always been performing oral sex on all your partners. Correct, and that's weird because I like to reciprocate. I like to make... You know, the goal of sex is to make your partner come because otherwise, why are you having sex? You can just go home and jerk off. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
And then that's where dungeon comes in because that's all about being selfish. It's like the greatest form of masturbation. Someone else is helping you with it. <laughs> right. yeah. I'm being serious. It, it just makes sense. You're doing it for you. But the uh, well, and we're doing it for you too. Like I mean, I can't tell you how much joy it's brought me to like with some of our with some of our friends just knowing in some cases how tough it's been how how it's it's been stressful like i mean we've had so many people with us that were like sex has just become this this stressful thing that it becomes difficult to even get your head in it and then they, they'll come here they'll come here and see us and almost immediately just blow their freaking load because they haven't had this freeing experience like they have ex- like they can experience sexual type things here kink and fetish where it's just such a free environment where it's mind-blowing basically because the 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 environment that we try to to create here is that your your problems don't follow you in here like they're they're at the dungeon door They, they can't get in well you don't have to you don't have to worry about impressing your dom like, yeah, that's true. You're not because as 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 the submissive, you're not there to do anything. Right. Exactly. And and that's just and that's just it. Whereas you know you feel a little bit of guilt when uh, you know and, and I've had to because because of that experience with this particular woman that I've had to I've had partners where you know they were gorgeous gorgeous women but we got to get in you know like we're about to do it and something smelled a little bit off and I'm like I can't. We're done. Well, I'll have to see you another night. Cause, uh, and, of course, that ruins the mood. She thinks something's wrong with her. It causes all these well, problems. Well, will you see the mood of it? Like, hey, like, I've had an off night. Will you come over again tomorrow? Like, is that... Are you well, you, poli- you politely try to break it off. You don't just... You don't just jet. But, you know... You, you... <laughs> well, what I'm, ask- what I'm asking here is, is like, okay, you were going to eat this woman out, but she smelled like a can of tuna... Would you give her another chance? I would. I would. I would see if it was just her, like not being clean, or if it was her pheromones. Well, because sometimes it's just sometimes there's just an imbalance. Well, that's what I mean. Is if it's if it's if it's a one-time thing, well then yeah. But yeah. if but but if it's if it's like it, sometimes it, it means we have to lay off the garlic and onions because it, it translates to what well taste. well yeah. I mean it's 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 a lot harder having an innie than an outie, but the. Uh, <laughs> Washing an Audi is easy. Right? That's very true. And honestly, I think more women are forgiving. Like, so many of my girlfriends, we've had this discussion multiple times. I'm like, so what is the grossest thing you've ever encountered? Well, one of my friends said, you won't believe it, but I rolled over and this guy had, like, stains from his ass on my sheet. No! And I'm I'm like, did you tell him to, like, get the fuck up and leave? And she's like... No, I, I gave him a blowjob. And I was like, what? So you put your head, <laughs> like, down there and proceeded to do that. She's like, well, I... That's too I, shit stain. I felt bad for him, and I was like, seriously. Yeah, I'd be too grossed out. It's mm. like, shut the fuck up. Don't do that shit. Yeah, it's... it's Be, be clean for your partner. It just... To, to answer your question, yeah, I'd give it another time. But sometimes it's just pheromones. Sometimes it's just the way that her body chemistry is and it doesn't mesh with yours. And she's like, I can't do it. And so, like I say, it, it really boils down to getting in a space where you want to serve no matter what. And so that's, you know, kind of where it went. But you really are kind of a true switch, though. Like, so, 
I mean, my only context with you is you was submissive and then, you know, somewhat primal, you know, with your reactions, which, hell, I mean, I, I love a good primal reaction. It lets me know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm getting a reaction that is a very positive thing. So have you had any, like, truly amazing dominant experiences where you've been in control? Oh, yeah. That, that's normally what I, what I have is I'm normally the guy that's... I'm the primal one. I'm the one leaving marks. I'm the one... Uh, well, I mean, you left marks on me, and I was your dominant. Well, exactly. Well, well, <laughs> right, and that's what I get at. I'm just truly a primal. Like, yeah. the more... Um, the more the act is occurring, the more uh, into it I get. The more just kind of letting loose. Mm. So... So for our listeners, our friend Ginger has walked into this podcast and with, with our friend Dave. Hey, Dave. Hi. Now, <coughs> I just Dave, and, Dave and Ginger hasn't had a, haven't had a session together yet, right? No. No, actually, the first time we'd be meeting her would be right yeah. now. Yeah. No, see, Dave is one of our friends who's who's been with us for about a year. Yeah. And we've helped him live out his fetish. He's been friends with us, and you know, we're very big. We're very big fans of how he reacts to things, and honestly, just you know, it, you are a lot of fun to just be around. Like, well, thank that's, you. That's why you're here tonight. That's why we're recording this podcast and having drinks together because we genuinely like being around you. Well, I appreciate that. Oh yeah. The uh, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely. Uh, it's definitely good when you have an environment where you can trust folks and you can let loose and let your you know let your hair down. Do do things that you can't do with anybody else or with partners you can't do or switch that role. Uh, because like we were talking about earlier, I'm normally the one you know I've uh, you know I'm I'm, I'm I'm having sex and I've got her in a chokehold and I'm mm. just cranking it and uh, you know that's normally me. But when I step in here, I can step into a role that I'm normally not in mm-hmm. and. Like you say, the bruise on the boob. It, yes. There's vestiges of that personality still there. Absolutely. And so it's a, I'm always going to remember you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. The uh, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of you know what happens with me is you're able to cut loose and see mm-hmm. that side of you and and it's not always such a traumatic thing. I know a lot of folks. I've listened to your other episodes and uh, I, I've known a lot of folks that hey, you know, I haven't had any sort of trauma in my life you know can i uh you know should i go see a, a dom and try it and i always say try it because yeah. you may not being fulfilled or you don't know well i mean you're like one of the few because like you have this amazing family that accepts everything you haven't had you're, you haven't had a traumatic experience but like here okay i guess i guess my question at this point is is there anything you know fetish-wise or kink-wise or sex-wise that you've wanted to try with a woman and haven't gotten to try yet? The answer to that is really no. I've let... You know, anything that's come to my mind, I've been willing enough to find a way to try it. So, uh, like we... Because you know we'll help you out. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. Well, and, and I know I've said it several times, but it's it's not what you do; it's how you do it, right? So the um, you know if if I wanted to try impact, well, it's okay. Well, let's try it here. Okay, I like that. Let's go further. 
and being able to communicate. And like we were talking about earlier, it all boils back to communication and what you're telling your partner, what you're telling your dom. And the fear, you know, if it's a, if it's a romantic partner, there's sometimes there's that fear they won't accept you and there's that fear that they may think you're a weirdo. Um, you know, and, and, and if that's the case, they may not be the right partner or that's something you may have to sacrifice for them. But when you step into a dungeon, that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So being unwilling to communicate with your dom, there's really no excuse for that. Either you are into it or you're not. And if you're not, there's a reason. Either it doesn't feel good or you're hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, no, to, to get back to your initial question, no, if there's been something I've wanted to try, I've, I've tried it. But... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but that's kind of that's kind of how I grew up. Is you know the only commodity you have is time and who you choose to spend it with. So why would you not live the best life you can and try not to be an asshole? <laughs> oh, come on. If, if so many people just listen to that advice, yeah. I mean, the world would be a better place. It really would be. I mean, honestly. We've had some interesting interviews the last couple of weeks, you know, between you and then we had a gentleman that was all about peace and love. Did you interview, did you, um, did you tell the viewers or the listeners? <laughs> Not the viewers. I'm a little tipsy tonight. She is. <laughs> she started off with two margaritas and then started drinking the wine. Quote, unquote, unquote wine. wine. <laughs> so. Did you let the listeners know that Ginger was present? That she I came did. In? Oh, yes, I said Ginger, like, you're time for Ginger just walks into the scene. Ginger has to stop and bow. We are not worthy. Um, She was at Babes tonight doing her thing tonight. You want to look at my beautiful bruises? Oh, you would love to look at your beautiful bruises. uh, He loves leaving bruises. I like leaving them in in good places. You know what? How did you get your fucking bruises, Ginger? What the fuck happened at Babes? I got on my knees and popped that ass. You know, yes. you have you have great calves. The uh, that's you. you know every guy is different. Some guys are leg guys. Some guys are boob guys and, and eye guys. The most attractive part of the woman for me it's so weird. And it's because I dated a I dated a, uh, a a girl who could do like handstand push ups. She was she was a little small thing. Uh, she's well, she was like five foot two, and and if she weighed ninety pounds soaking wet, it'd be, it'd be different. But she <laughs> she had the sexiest calves. I'd ever seen in my life, and it got me to appreciate them. Well-defined oh. calves. I, just weird things that guys no. find attractive. <laughs> no, that's okay. And yeah. now I have this crazy need for you to approve of my calves. <laughs> Affirmation. Affirmation. <laughs> Stop it, honey. You need no one's approval. What? <laughs> I didn't teach you that way. No, you did not. This is, this is me on my second fucking jury break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't usually drink, but tonight I had a shot of cold lager. Oh, oh my god! god. How'd you nice. like that? Right? Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, they were. I had gone. So I'm a resident. I was a resident of Virginia, the Commonwealth, and our closest casino was in Delaware, because Virginia is still in the Bible Belt, so there's no casinos. Wow. And so you would go to Delaware, a little four-hour drive, not terrible, and. My, me and, yes, my grandmother, who I lived with for a year and a half, and I love her to death, she and I went up to Dover Downs in Dover, Delaware for St. Patrick's Day weekend because her birthday is St. Patrick's Day. That's why her name is Patricia. Otherwise, her name was going to be Erica. Oh, and they wouldn't name her Erica because she was born on St. Patrick's Day. It had to be Patricia. So we were up at Dover Downs for... 
uh, for for the the St. Patrick's Day weekend, and there was a, a drink special they had, a shooter with Goldschlager and Bailey's, and they called it a pot of gold. A pot of gold. I'm going to have to try that. That sounds good. I went to uh, McGuire's and had a tiramisu the other day. Oh, So, I mean, I shouted out Parlors, so I got to shout out McGuire's. Yes. McGuire's. (laughs) For our listeners, McGuire's Pub is a local hot spot. It's a very tourist destination. They're the type of place where you can bring your little dollar bills and decorate them and they'll hang your dollar yeah, bills. It, it's, that kind of yeah, it's a Pensacola institution. They're everywhere. They brew out here. They do all sorts of stuff out here. Yeah, Amazing. I, just, I like their steak and their tiramisu drink. It was delicious. Yeah. And you know, with every entree, you get the, uh, what is it, the 10 cent soup or the 18 cent? 18 cent, the centipede yes. soup. It's amazing. It's so good. How can you go and along you get, with that? And you get the chocolate bread. It's not really chocolate, but it's like a brown bread yeah. with honey butter. Yeah. Oh, God, it's awesome. I love food. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no. We, 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 we were talking about <laughs> ginger and ginger's uh, Hey, I think I think that's pretty much everybody. And you can eat like, like I know this is supposed to be a uh, kink podcast, but for those of you who don't live in Pensacola, you really ought to come and visit. You'll eat really, really well and uh, party really, really well. It's a great, great spot in Florida. The only other, the only, yeah, the only place that competes with Pensacola is Tampa, and they're the like they're the like the non-touristy cities in Florida. And they're like high crime too. Yeah, that's and then you don't have to worry about the traffic. Fuck that five o'clock traffic in Tampa. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah, but they're Where like. I grew up like in Norfolk, Virginia. Like base traffic is a thing, terrible. and it'll shut down the freaking interstate twice a day. Terrible. Yeah, and Virginia's expensive. I lived out in. Uh, I lived out towards Tyson Tyson's Corner Tyson's for a little Corner. bit. Uh, that's yeah. Nor- Nova, Nova, Northern <laughs> Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had the higher rents. Our rents and my, my little Sova are comparable to Pensacola, which is unfortunate because I was told to come here because it was it was more cost effective. You don't pay income tax. That's true. <laughs> well, you know what, Dave? Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to come in to see us. It's been a blast. You know, we've had so much fun with you tonight. We always have fun with you. We, 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 love, we, we love being able to spend time with you. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. This has been another episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. We hope you have a kinky day.